Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. It, uh, it was an early morning for everyone. As the, uh, as the sun rose, they noticed that really nobody was asleep anymore. As they sat around the fires until really just the embers were left, reminiscing and remembering and visiting for the last time of what really and literally may have been the last time. As they prepared for what maybe in three days they'd be going into battle and what's next. The weight of this moment was on them for the next step on getting from here to there. They were at the border, and they've seen this before. It wasn't but 40 years ago they saw their parents ready to take this promise, this land. And through bad decisions or just plain indecision, it didn't happen, and they began a journey of wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And now it's their turn. It's their moment, and it's heavy. See, 40 years ago, when they were here in this moment, they realized that God had given them this promise, this land that was to be filled and flowing with milk and honey. Right. Disgusting. (laughs) Who wants to go into a land that's flowing with milk and honey? That's gross. I mean, it's I can't imagine, I, when I was younger, I was always like, that's so disgusting, it's got to smell so bad, it's like sticky, like who wants to land like that? And I, it was, I was like, maybe this is just God doing like one of his God verbiage's words and it's milk and honey and everyone's happy. Uh, but it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't, but a year earlier they had seen the plagues happen, they had walked through the Red Sea and they were here at this land where that was, they were going to take that was flowing with milk and honey and God really was talking to them because this was a people that was in a land uh, where they were oppressed by one of the largest nations at that time as slaves and they were farmers uh, and they were landowners and they, they were builders and God knew who they were and they knew what that meant because if this land was flowing with honey, they knew that every seed sprouted. They knew that the buds were flourishing everywhere, that if the, if the bees were flowing with honey, the fruit was good, that everything, the crops were fantastic. And if you're a, if you own livestock, the, 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 the cows are calving, there's, there's a, a contest, milk is flowing in this place, the livestock are healthy and have food and are eating and reproducing. This land was generous. And they got there to this moment where they got to take it and they got to that edge and they sent some people in and through indecision or again just bad decision, they said, no, we can't do it. It's too hard. And God said, okay. And sent them on their way where they wandered for 40 years and said, well, you're not going to get it, but I'm going to give them another chance. And that's where it brings us today is that second chance, this new generation on the edge and this border of going from here to there and how that's going to happen. It brings us to the start and the story that we've been going through to the book of Joshua. As we begin, we're going to be in 
Joshua 1 today, and he gives us, he gives them nine verses, nine sentences. That's it, and that's all they needed, and it's going to be tough this morning, friends, to hear. It's really all we need, too. It's about how you get from here to there, how to get spiritually healthy, how to go from 40 years of wandering in circles. Have you been there? (laughs) Have you ever felt like you're just wandering trying to figure out how to get from here to there and what that looks like. Nine verses that's going to help us get from here to there. And I firmly believe this, and this is what we'll grab from this story this morning, is that the way that God deals with people then is the same way that God deals with people now. Yes, absolutely. So if you'll uh, read along with me, there's on the screen, there's a Bible near you, Joshua 1, 1 through 5. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon from the, from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean sea, Mediterranean sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all of the days of your life. So this is what's happened. We've just experienced 30 days of mourning, a 30-day funeral, a memorial service, if you will, where hundreds of thousands or hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people for the last 30 days have spent their time going and remembering Moses. You know, the guy with the big stick and the big long white beard? Moses has died. And they're remembering him as they're getting prepared to lay him into the ground. Moses, who God called a murdering shepherd, who he called Moses, who had a burning bush moment that God said, take your sandals off, this is holy ground. Moses, who didn't think he could do anything, couldn't talk well, was a nobody, was a bad person, didn't think he was worth anything. Moses, who was going to go and talk to the most powerful man in the world and the nation of Egypt at that time, Pharaoh, Moses. Moses, who went up there and had his crazy stick turn into a snake. Snakes are gross, but it was cool that it happened. (laughs) Moses, Moses, who cast plagues down on this place. Moses, who took these people, God's people, out of this land after they'd been enslaved there and took them through dry land and as he parted the Red Sea. Moses, who a year later takes them to the edge of the promised land and they don't want to go. Moses, who wandered with them for 40 years, has now died. And it's their turn. And as they finally lay his body to rest, they all suddenly turn and look back to the next, and it's Joshua. And they say, now what? He's gone. And so here's the speech God gives Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be be successful wherever you go. 
Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, underline, circle, highlight, you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. End of speech. And Joshua's sitting there going, that's it? (laughs) Wait a minute. That's what you're telling me, to be strong and courageous? Uh, Where's my cool stick that turns into a snake? Nope, we've used that one. Wait a minute. I'm getting ready to do this stuff, and are you like, going to give me like a pocket full of plagues or something? Uh, Nope, we've used that one too. No frogs, huh? Nope, we've used that one. Wow, that's it. I mean, the Moses action figure had to be legit. I mean, all the things that came with it, all the little tools you can do. And then there's Joshua action figure. He's just like, (laughs) that's all he gets. That's it? And you know something big is coming, right? Because God's preparing it. Hey, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. I am with you. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, you go in, I go into my kids and uh, they know something's coming when I tell them to get prepared. I walk in and I'm like, hey, get your shoes on, get a jacket on. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, where are we going? You never just be like, no, nah, I just wanted you to, nowhere. No, like when you tell somebody to get prepared for something, something's going to happen, right? And so that's what's happening right now. Hey, something's going to happen. And he's like, whoa, that's all right. And God says, yep, good luck. <laughs> I'm with you. So this is what I want us to, to grasp this morning is uh, the symptoms that we get by following God closely. Following God closely may lead to these specific symptoms. And you guys have uh, an outline. I've got you guys, if you guys want to take some notes. Number one there is following God closely may lead to symptoms of feeling like God doesn't care, right? Some of you may say, oh, well, yeah, you know, like sin and stuff when you do bad things and... You know, like you're separated from God. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about following God closely may lead to feeling, feelings like God doesn't care. Why would he have to promise Joshua in twice in verses 6 through 9 at the beginning and the end that he's going to be with them? He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then he ends the whole thing with the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know when you have to promise somebody that you're there? It's usually when you feel like that they're not there. Many of you guys maybe learned how to ride a bike, uh, or you have taught someone how to ride a bike. And, uh, you know, I taught my, two of my children now to ride a bike. And, you know, what I'm saying when I'm helping them with the, the training wheels, we're going, and I'm saying, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here, right? You've been there? And they're going, whoa, no, where are you? I'm right here, you're okay, I'm with you, right? Because they feel like, Uh, I'm about to or have abandoned them. Sometimes I have. (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) Uh, But that's what you have to do. You have to say, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. My my daughter, I remember when she was doing it, she wouldn't even like do the pedal. She was just doing the tippy toe thing. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And then, you know, you're like just over it and you stop. And then she yells at you like, why did you let go? Why did you do that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't even crash. And then they just cry and it's over and you have to keep saying, I was right there. The whole time, this is such a waste of time. (laughs) Right? And now you have God telling his hand-picked leader, leading his hand-picked people into God's promise. 
And God has to tell them, uh, you're going to go through some tough times. You're going to go through some stuff that's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to go through times of feeling like, I don't care and I'm not with you. Uh, you're going to feel like maybe I've spiritually abandoned you. You ever been there before? Where you're like, why do bad things keep happening to me? What's going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? Why don't, do you really not care? You been there? And he says, Joshua, I got a promise, and I got to promise you, and I'm going to tell you again, I'm right here. I'm with you. And Christians, if you feel like God doesn't care, if you feel like he's not in your life, if you, if you feel like he doesn't give a rip about what's going on, you feel like there's no way that God could possibly end this, congratulations, you qualify for Joshua. How many times in the Bible do we continue to see God come alongside people and say, I'm right here. Hey, just want to remind you, I'm right here. Number two and number three, I'm going to smash them together. Following God closely also can lead to symptoms of feeling weak and also feeling fear. It can lead to symptoms of feeling weak. You're going to feel like whatever it is that God's asking you to do in your life or to go through, that you don't have the strength or the energy or the ability to get through it. You're right. You are going to feel like that. We're going to feel like that. We don't have what it takes to get through this. And God's going to go, I know. And you're going to go, really? Then why are you doing this? And he's saying, that's the plan. Some of us are going to have feelings of fear. And some of us, especially if you're a dude, maybe, you're like, I don't fear. I'm not afraid. You know, it is what it is. You're going to make it happen. I'm not afraid of it. Well, fear comes out differently. Fear comes out in stress, anxiety, worrying about life, the finances, the kids, the jobs. How am I going to get through this? And twice, he has to tell Joshua, I'm going to be with you. And three times, he has to say, be strong and courageous. And the second time he says, wait, no, forget that. Be very strong and courageous. And then he says, hey, wait, wait, time out. Forget that I just said that. I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous. In your life, if you want to leave a past of going in circles and continue to walk in whatever it is that you're walking in, that God has for you and wants for you and that's best for you, I promise that you're going to get to places where you're going to feel stressed, anxiety, weak, like you can't do it. You're going to have fear. And where am I going to go and how am I going to do it? How am I going to get from here to there? Number four, you're also going to have feelings when you follow God closely of feeling discouraged. You're just going to feel discouraged. Many of you guys don't know this, but in, uh, there's a, a pile of rocks uh, on purpose <laughs> up here on this hill. You, know, you can see it on your way out. And in 1999, uh, Pastor Ken and the people who helped start Northgate, this church, uh, had uh, a dream and an opportunity to get this cow pasture piece of property. And they didn't have money, they didn't have permits, they didn't have any ideas of how this was going to happen. All they had was a promise that God wanted them to be up here to continue to reach people 
who were far from God and needed to know about his grace and his love and his mercy. And so they had a little party, if you will, where they shared a little bit of this story about Joshua and Joshua 4 uh, after they crossed the Jordan River where God had continued to provide to get them into this promised land and they built an Ebenezer or these stones and the 12 uh, founding members of Northgate that started in uh, Pastor Ken's house all wrote their family names on these rocks and everyone else joined in and wrote their names on these rocks and the people they were praying for in this community and made a pile to remember uh, what God had promised and was going to give them. That was in 1999, and it wasn't until 2005 that they finally broke ground. There was moments of feeling discouraged, and where they had to drive by and see that pile of rocks up there, and just remember that God had, was going to give them this land and this property, where there was moments of discouragement in the city council meetings, and raising millions of dollars with a small group of people that didn't have millions of dollars that only God could do. It says in verse 9, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you forever you go. And now you see that, rock of, uh, that pile of rocks has been moved up on the hill so we can continue to remember what he's done in this very place and going to do Uh, in another place. Number five, it's going to lead to times in your life of feeling clueless. See, what God doesn't give Joshua is like the plan. Uh, You know, in three days, you're going to go down and cross the River Jordan at the southern end, and you're going to go north four clicks, and at 717, uh, this is, you're going to meet this guy. That doesn't happen, right? Or uh, in seven days at noon, Uh, you're going to do this. That never happens. Uh, You know, we see that earlier in the story where God had given very specific instructions and stuff. He doesn't get it. Joshua doesn't get it from God. He just gets, be strong and be courageous, feeling clueless. And we've been there too as a family and as a church family and a community. You've been there in your own life. Like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? What's God's will in my life, right? And the answer is, I'm with you. That's what he wants. That's God's will to be with you and to do things with you and to be on this journey with you and you continue to be strong and courageous and it's right and he'll make it right and it'll work. We saw it when we had this crazy idea where we were like, man, we just feel like God wants us to go create community in this community and we said, let's do something on Halloween and be uh, dress up and be funny and give out candy and just have a good time, which is like the antithesis of what normal churches think you do on Halloween. Uh, but we said, hey, let's go have a good time. And four years later, as we expanded into a, another city in this area, uh, we're staring at each other with wide eyes the next day, clueless as to what we're doing and how this is going to work. When we saw 18,000 people come through this event, like, whoa, we are so clueless. God has this way bigger plan. We've seen it with our, our Spring Fest, with uh, the Easter eggs. We've seen it with the Dollar Club. When two years ago, we, like many of you, were in a place where we didn't know how we were going to make our bills, pay the house payment. We didn't know what we were going to do, but we sat there and felt like God was calling us to be faithful and to give. And so we made a faithful commitment to give whatever the attendance was and give back into this community, to give four times in two years what we had given in the last 10 years in the community. And God provided, because we were clueless. How is this going to work? This is crazy. It's not logical. 
And so what's the treatment for all these symptoms? Number one is to walk by faith, not feelings. Way easier said than done. Walking by faith and not by feelings. God says, hey, it's okay to be having feelings. You're going to have feelings. Just don't walk in those feelings. Walk in faith. There was a bunch of farmers there uh, that had been enslaved for 400 years that now went on a journey and spent another 40 years wandering around. And now they're supposed to go in and take this land and taking it meant they were going to have to fight for it as well. And God said he was going to give it to them. And I'm sure they had many feelings as they walked up and they approached Jericho and the walls of Jericho, which was one of the biggest city-states they were going to take in the first one. And they were like, how are we going to do this? I'm like a farmer, and my dad never taught me how to fight, and I can barely even hold up the sword. And so they had to walk in faith, not in feelings, and the walls came down. Number two, walk in God's promises, not my problems. This is a big one for many of us. Go in the, prob- the promises God has for us, not in our problems, not in our past not that I'm not good enough, we can't do this, I don't know how this is going to happen, I have a big problem, that's all I can see in front of me. Um, you have a rear view mirror in your car on purpose, and it's small on purpose. It's small so you can still remember and see where you just came from, your past. But your past is not what you're looking through on your windshield. And for many of us, our problems and our past and what's happened is all we can see. And we end up just staring at the rearview mirror saying, I can't do this when we got to get our eyes off of it and look through the windshield about the promises of where God's taking us from here to there. And it's also a great thing because you get to remember, wow, how the heck did I get from there to where I am right now? And that gives me faith to know that I'm going to get to there where God wants me to go. These things like these new services and these buildings or life that everyone is, you're, whatever, you're, whatever wondering you're doing right now, if we could figure it out and we could get it done and we could fix ourselves, we'd have a huge party for ourselves. And it'd be well-deserved for ourselves, uh, but it would also be uh, the opposite of God's plan. God's plan is for us to be on this scary ride together and that he would get the glory and the praise and the honor. Because if you think what you're doing uh, is easy and it's like an easy, it's going to happen, it's all just going to fall right together, uh, then it's probably not what you're supposed to be doing. I'm just going to say it. Because, see, when it's big and it's like a huge God goal, a big God thing that's so much bigger than you, he gets all the glory and honor for that. When it's millions of dollars, you're like, how am I going to pay off millions of dollars? God gets the glory and honor for that. When it's thousands of people doing something, God gets the glory for that because it's bigger than you. When you couldn't figure out how to get this job or pass this test or uh, get through this confrontation in your, in your relationship, God gets the glory and honor for that because you, you can't figure it out. He gets the praise when things are impossible for us. And he says, hey, this ride you're going on from going from here to there is going to be scary. It's going to be tough. But just 
do it. Be strong and courageous. Two years ago, I took uh, the family to Disneyland. It was their first Disneyland experience. And uh, my daughter was five at the time, and she loves roller coasters already. She's totally like me. I'm totally in uh, to the roller coasters. And my wife is totally not, and neither is my son. And so they do their part. They, like, cheer us on from the side. And my daughter saw the Tower of Terror and was like, sweet, oh my gosh, we got to go in that. And I'm like, yes, we totally do. You're going to be so afraid. It's going to be awesome. And so we, uh, we go on this ride, and she's like super pumped up and stoked. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And we get in there, and then like the scary part starts in the story of the Tower of Terror. And suddenly she's like, no, this isn't a good idea. And I'm like, no, like... We're in. Come on. You can do this. You're so brave. And then we get the back, and she can, like, hear, and you're waiting to get on. She can hear everybody screaming and going crazy and all the cool Disney noises and stuff that are going on. And now she's, like, shaking, like, I don't want to do this. And I'm, like, no, you're so strong. And I'm, like, taking pictures of her, like, this is awesome. (laughs) You're so afraid. And uh, these people are next to her, and they're cheering her on. They're, like, oh, wow, you're so brave. Wow, you're only five. You're so good. You're a horrible parent. You're going to do great. You're strong. You can do this. It's not that scary. We're all lying to her. It's awesome. Uh, we get on the ride. I'm like totally loving it. Uh, she like hated every second of, it, second of it and was still excited at the same time. And as soon as we got done, done they're all like cheering like, yay, look at Maddie. You did it. And she's like, mm, just get me off of here. And so we were walking out. And um, when you walk out, she got this cool little sticker that, for like the kids. It says, I'm not scared. And I'm like, wow, you got a sticker. Look at that's like an uh, honor. Uh, you got a badge of honor. And we were walking out and she sees my wife just standing there waiting for like a or something, and, and my wife's like, wow, look at you did it, you got a sticker, and she like takes her sticker off and slaps it on my wife, like, you can have the sticker, I didn't want to do it, and we're like, wow, look at you, you just went on that ride, and that's what God's saying, he's like, man, just get on the ride with me, it's super scary to go from here to there, but I'm going to be with you, be strong and courageous, I knew you were going to wet yourself, but at least you came on the ride. And that's what he wants. That's what he has for us. God's promises, not our problems. I'm not good enough. I've sinned too much. I've done too much of this. God's promises, some of you need to hear it this morning. God's promises is that he's forgiven you of your sins and your stuff. Some of you in here this morning have been wondering for a long time, and you haven't been able to figure out where there is, you've just been lost in transition. And God's saying, hey, stop, stop looking in the past. Stop feeling like you're not good enough. Stop walking in your problems and walk in my promise I have for you because I love you so much. The ride is scary. He's just excited you're on it. Would you bow your heads? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.